Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, welcome back to the show. Cardinals filling out that coaching staff. We got into the uh, Nick Rallis hiring earlier, but how about Drew Petzing to get some perspective on that? Jake Trotter, Cleveland Browns ESPN reporter, is joining us on the Arizona Sports Line right now. Jake, thank you for the time. How are you doing? Doing well, guys. What's going on? Uh, a lot, <laughs> but as far as the Cardinals yeah. are trying to make sense of this uh, this new coaching staff, and specifically Drew Petzing is you know is a relative unknown. I would I would say outside of Cleveland. What can you tell us? You know, what, what's the first thing that pops to your mind when people ask you about him? Yeah, no, he was uh, the quarterbacks coach in Cleveland for only one year. Uh, you know, before that, he was coaching uh, tight ends. Uh, they made that move last offseason before they made the Deshaun Watson trade. So initially it looked like Petsing was going to coach Baker Mayfield before they uh, moved on from him. Um, had kind of obviously a weird year, just like uh, the rest of the franchise did. Uh, Jacoby Brissett was top 10 in the NFL and QBR. Uh, now Alex Van Pelt, who's the, the offensive coordinator, and Kevin Stefanski, who's the head coach and the play caller uh, offensively, are all in the room you know, with the quarterbacks. But um, you know, Petsing had a great reputation in, in Cleveland. He's a good guy. Uh, you know, just getting to know him a little bit uh, on the side as well. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's it's interesting in that, you know, he is an unknown in terms of a play caller uh, and an offensive coordinator. But I think a guy uh, that that's really well thought of, at least here, and one of the reasons why, you know, they moved him from tight ends to uh, offensive coordinator before last season. So... Jake, I'm sorry, I've got to turn my microphone on. So, Jake, when when you think of Drew, what was his relationship like with Alex Van Pelt? I'm very interested in that. Yeah, pretty positive. Uh, you know, from what I could tell, you know, I never heard of any issues. I, I think they had a pretty good working relationship. Uh, you know, the offensive assistants, uh, with Stefanski calling the plays, you know, Val Pe- Van Pelt, doing a lot of the game planning along with Kevin and then Petzing, you know, as the position coach, uh, you know, he, you know, worked with, with AVP, you know, previously as well coaching tight ends, but obviously, uh, you know, we're a lot more intertwined, uh, this past season. So, yeah, I mean, I think everybody really liked Drew. Uh, you know, I think he was popular with, with the players and, and the coaching staff as well. And, uh, you know, I, I think he, you know, is a guy that has always come off to me as pretty sharp. Talking to Jake Trotter, Cleveland Browns ESPN reporter. Uh, Jake, as, as far as what his job's going to be here in Arizona, a lot of it is going to involve Kyler Murray and working with Kyler Murray. And there's this perception that the Cardinals need somebody to get through to Kyler Murray. Now, Kyler's kind of an unknown himself in some ways, but uh, does Drew Petzing, in your experience, does he have that sort of it factor, leadership quality that the teams are looking for in that role? Yeah, I think so. You know, uh, you know, Drew is is you know, a very optimistic type of coach, um, you know, energetic, but in, in a positive way, right? Uh, you know, he worked with Baker Mayfield, uh, even though he was, uh, you know, the tight ends coach initially. So he'll have that connection with Kyler, uh, you know, given that Kyler and Baker, you know, mm-hmm. are still very friendly from their days at Oklahoma. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be, uh, you know, interesting to see how it works. This is a big year for Kyler Murray. Uh, and, and Arizona, you know, in terms of the direction that they're going to go with him. 
But I, I do think that, that Petsine has been in some weird situations, some tough situations in Cleveland, and that, that's only going to help him you know, adapt to the situation there in Arizona. Can you describe the offense for me? Because I, I look at the Cleveland Browns, and when I think of the Cleveland Browns, I think of a blending of the old and the new in the National Football League. What about you? Well, it's changing right now. I mean, they're going from, you know, two tight ends, three tight ends, you know, more often than anybody in the NFL. They would like to be, you know, wide open, throwing the ball downfield uh, with Deshaun Watson. And they kind of had two different offenses last year, the Jacoby Brissett offense. And then once Watson took over, you know, there was a lot more RPO. There was a lot more quarterback run game. Uh, you know, they were trying to get more receivers on the field. You know, their season finale against the Pittsburgh Steelers, it felt like they were empty almost every play. So that that's where they ended up. Um, but the offense has evolved over the years, uh, going from Baker Mayfield to Jacoby Brissett to uh, Deshaun Watson. They have tried to tailor it to who, whoever their quarterback has been. Uh, and so I imagine that that's going to be Petsing's focus there. Um, but, you know, they've, they've had some different systems in Cleveland – just due to the, the I don't, you know, turmoil might be the right word, but uh, the the different quarterbacks that they have had to cycle through uh, just in 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 the couple of years that Petsing has been was in Cleveland. Jake Trotter, Cleveland Browns ESPN reporter, joining us. Jake, you sort of alluded to it a, a couple questions ago, but but Petsing was in a unique situation last year with Brissett and knowing that Deshaun Watson was going to step in at some point. And it's not the same circumstances here, but that's most likely the Cardinals probably going to have a different quarterback for the first few weeks, but knowing Kyler Murray's going to step in. I know there's no way to know this for sure, but I have to think that experience probably appealed to the Cardinals as well. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think one of the strengths of of, of Petsing into the, the interview process was, you know, I've, I've been in some, some unique situations, and, you know, I think we've done, you know, pretty well uh, with them. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be a challenge with, you know, the quarterback situation there uh, for sure. Ability, uh, to, to de- and the personality to develop the rapport with Kyler that it kind of seemed like from the outside looking in at least and, and knowing Kyler a little bit from when he was Oklahoma and then Cliff from when he was at Texas Tech, it kind of looked like those two guys just were out of sync toward the end of, of uh, Cliff's tenure there. Um, I do think, you know, Pat seen as a fresh face and a guy that, uh, you know, I, again, was pretty well liked uh, by everybody that, that I talked to in Cleveland, you know, will have a chance to develop that kind of rapport uh, with Kyler that's going to allow him to be uh, successful. What is the personality of Drew Petzing? Can you can you tell us a little bit about who the person is? I'm sorry, say, say that again. What person? Yeah, can you tell us about Drew Petzing and his personality? What kind of person he's he's like? Yeah, like I, you know, I would, see, you know, he was in the box uh, this past year, uh, so I would see him in the press box. Uh, a decent amount. We we uh, we both went to Division three colleges. So we're always talking about, you know, who was good in Division three football. Um, you know, I have a colleague, Bill Conley, who does like the Division three S and P rankings, and so I'd always was like, well, you know, Middlebury, uh, they, they're in the top twenty five. Uh, they they fell out after that loss to Williams or whoever last weekend. Um, and you know, I I uh, did a big story in Stefanski when he first was the head coach uh, in twenty twenty during the COVID year and. 
Uh, I think when I interviewed Petsing for it, he was he actually had COVID and was staying at like a <laughs> hotel offsite where they were you know sequestering uh, anybody that had contracted the disease at the time, and you know got to talk to them a little bit then. Uh, they, they had their first child, I think, that season as well. Um, so, it, yeah, he's got a you know young family um, and, uh, you know, a young guy, but energetic and has a lot of experience despite, despite his age. And, again, um, you know, easy to talk to, very well-liked, and uh, I think has a really good personality. Jake Trotter's joining us. Uh, Jake you know, Stefanski is a is a young coach. The Cardinals are in a situation now where they have a 40-year-old coach. They have a 35-year-old offensive coordinator and a 29-year-old defensive coordinator. Just in your experience around this league, what's, what's your philosophy on having such a young coaching staff? I mean, it can go one of two ways. You know, you know speaking of, of Cliff Kingsbury, I remember when he took over at Texas Tech, uh, you know, he, he assembled one of the youngest coaching staff I, I think I'd ever seen. Uh, you know, guys that were, you know, in their 20s that had played at Texas Tech with him. And um, it didn't work out that well. I know this is college. We're talking about the NFL. It didn't work out that well initially. And I think he learned, you know, he needed some more veteran presence to balance that out. Um, but, you know, when you're trying to relate to players, you know, sometimes if you're younger, uh, that can make it a little bit easier. Uh, if you have some younger coaches on your staff. But, you know, like, listen, you can win with an older coaching staff. You can win with a younger coaching staff. It just ultimately what matters is, uh, you know, the chemistry and, and the acumen and the ability to, to, to win. And you, you can do it a lot of different ways. Um, you know, the jury's going to be out for sure because it is an unproven staff. But uh, we've seen a lot of proven staffs, proven head coaches in the NFL not do so well uh, when they've gotten another chance. So, Jake, what do the Browns need in the draft? Well, they need some picks is what they need. They don't have any picks. <laughs> yeah, uh, they don't have their first-round pick. Uh, their third-round pick uh, is with Houston as well this year. So, uh, you know, they, they do have their second-rounder. Um, I think it kind of depends what happens in free agency, but essentially what they need is they need three starting defensive linemen and they need a speedy receiver mm. who can also catch the ball. So if they, you know, if they address the defensive line and free agency via trade, then maybe they go get that receiver in the draft. You know, if they get somebody like a DeAndre Hopkins, you know, probably not realistic. But if they get that receiver uh, during free agency or trade, then maybe they, they, they focus on the defensive line and the draft. Uh, but those are the two areas to watch. And, and, I mean, I think right now they only, they only really have one starting caliber defensive lineman on the roster in Miles Garrett. So they've got a lot of work to do there. And as they transition this offense from, you know, Nick Chubb to Deshaun Watson being the identity of it, uh, they're going to need to uh, add some more receivers because, you know, Mari Cooper and Donovan Peoples-Jones are good players, uh, but they didn't have a lot behind those guys at the receiver position this past season. If you're only going to have one starting caliber defensive lineman, Miles Garrett's probably a pretty good one to have. Uh, yeah, not so bad. <laughs> no, it works out pretty well. Jake, thank you so much for the time and the insight, man. Take care. No problem, guys. Take Thanks, care. Thanks, Jake.